You are listening to the Survived to Thrive podcast with Amy Miller, a podcast for survivors of suicide loss. In this weekly podcast, you will learn more about your unique experiences and gain insights on your brain and how it processes grief and loss due to a loved one's suicide. While suicide grief comes in all shapes and sizes, Amy shows you that you still can have a life full of joy and fulfillment even though your loved one died. You don't have to just survive anymore. You can thrive. You are listening to the Survive to Thrive podcast with Amy Miller, episode 26, Getting It Wrong. Hey guys, how are you? I hope you're doing well. How was your weekend? Okay, so this last weekend, I really rested. I truly rested. When was last time you truly rested? I'm not talking about when was the time you went on vacation or the time you, you know, just were able to go fishing or hiking or anything like that. While that can feel restful to a degree, I'm more talking about spending time to connect with your inner self, right? To really just connect with your spirituality, your emotional self, your physical body, to really just take some time and give yourself a time out, right? Get rid of all the distractions, get rid of all of the technology, and just really focus on yourself. I did that this weekend. It was amazing. And if you haven't done it for yourself in a while, I highly recommend that you do. It's incredible how much better you feel after you truly rest. So I recommend it. Okay, friends. So today I want to talk about getting it wrong, right? I think so many of us are afraid of just getting it wrong. And I got thinking about this topic a lot because I'm not sure if you are aware, and I'm sure most of you probably are because it's been all over the news, but SpaceX launched one of the most powerful rockets that were ever designed and engineered on this planet. And minutes after the rocket launched from this pad in South Texas, it disassembled and exploded. Okay. Just three minutes, 24 miles up into the air, it exploded. And it was super interesting because, well, people watching it on television and people watching it you know, through their smartphones and computers or anyone that was observing it in the general public really watched this and thought, wow, that's too bad. That's such a failure, right? But to those who were really invested in this project, the ones who were the engineers and the, you know, brains behind all of the mathematics and the science involved in developing and planning and, you know, designing this, you know, powerful rocket, all viewed at as such a success, including Elon Musk, who is the owner and CEO of SpaceX. And he truly was the one who spearheaded this project. And really his company was the one that really put the money on the line. And they had estimated that this rocket costs roughly around 
$3 billion or something, some ridiculous amount, so much money, right? And yet once that rocket launched and it disassembled and exploded, the whole community who was involved in creating this cheered and celebrated. Elon celebrated. Everybody celebrated. They were super excited because it wasn't the fact that they were celebrating so much that the rocket had exploded, but they were celebrating the fact that they were able to get such a piece of magnificent, you know, science off a launching pad, right? It was one of its kind, the first of its kind. And it was just an incredible, fulfilling moment for all those who were able to do this. And I thought it was super interesting to watch because people that were actually involved with the project really celebrated. And Elon Musk himself sent out this tweet where he said, congrats at SpaceX team on an exciting test launch of Starship. Learned a lot for the next test launch in a few months. And it was really interesting to, you know, listen to the different comments and read the different comments that people were saying about this launch. And, you know, the Senator Bill Nelson even said, congrats to SpaceX on Starship's first integrated flight test. Every great achievement throughout history has demanded some level of calculated risk because with great risk comes great reward. Looking forward to all that SpaceX learns to the next flight test and beyond. And it just got me thinking about how fascinating that was. The perspectives, right? How they really deemed it as a success. Another Bank of America analyst, Ronald Epstein, wrote in a note on Friday that despite the mission ending in a rapid unscheduled disassembly, as the company refers to the outcome, the broader space community sees the launch as a success, and rightfully so in our view. And I just thought, wow, so incredible how there was such a great amount of risk involved, right? There was 2 to $3 billion dollars that was involved in producing and investing into developing this rocket. And while it only was in the air for three minutes, they celebrated. And it got me thinking a lot about our own lives and how we view getting things wrong in our own lives, right? I think all of us hate to admit but understand that all of us have gotten things wrong from time to time and, you know, and how we view that and how we view that as such a failure and as such as it's like something has gone terribly wrong. But when I was reading how this community of SpaceX was reacting to it, it was such a lesson to me on how different someone can view something that looks like in a public view as such a failure, but to them, they deliberately chose to think of it as such a success. And really, what was the difference there? What is the difference there, right? And I really think it just comes down to the way we're thinking about things and thinking about the way we're getting things wrong. Growing up in our lives, we are taught to go to school, right? Go take some information 
into our minds and into our brains, learn something, learn some new skills, get tested, and we are going to get a grade. We're either going to get an A, a B, a C, a D, or an F, right? And nobody who goes through school or takes an exam wants to fail, right? The goal is to get an A. And this is encouraged, right? It's encouraged by our teachers. It's encouraged by our parents. It's encouraged by university. It's encouraged, right? And it's interesting how we kind of demonize in a way failure, But when you look at these great grand achievements by scientists and by, you know, pioneers of different, you know, things that have been developed, you know, and just like books that were written and things like that, you know, they really don't like to uh, spotlight all the failures that it took to get there. However, most of them went through several failed times in their lives in order to achieve the outcome that they ultimately got, you know. And I think that's how the SpaceX is really viewing this project that they have done. So anyway, you might be asking yourself, okay, I get it, Amy. So you're saying, you know, you got to fail in order to ultimately succeed, which yes, that is absolutely the truth. But you might also be wondering, How does that apply to me? Well, it got me thinking about the areas in my own life as a survivor of suicide loss where I have, you know, failed and how many times I really try to avoid things and opportunities in particular in order not to fail. And it got me thinking about you and how many opportunities you're avoiding and not willing to pursue because of that fear and because of the fear of failing and the fear of getting it wrong. And so I got thinking about that a lot and I started to create a list of different areas of our lives as a survivor of suicide loss where we have that fear of and how it really, without really recognizing it and putting it in the forefront of our minds, can prohibit us from achieving great things. And I wanted to talk about those today. Okay, so there's four areas in our lives that I feel like we miss opportunities in because we're so afraid of getting it wrong. Okay, you ready to hear them? Okay, the first one is relationships, okay? Now, how many of us have felt after losing a loved one to suicide, okay, have failed in that relationship? I think the majority of us probably feel that way. Not all of us. I know there's a lot of survivors that really understand that it wasn't their relationship, But I would say 80% of survivors of suicide loss tend to feel like they felt that relationship in some way, simply because they blame themselves, they feel a lot of guilt, they wish they would have done or said something different. A lot of them take on the feeling that, you know, it was partly their fault, right? And 
you know, and they really put that on the relationship that they had with their loved one that they lost. And I was in that camp as well. I also felt a lot of responsibility. You know, I was her oldest sister. I really felt like I probably should have said something. I somewhat took some of that responsibility onto myself that I could have somehow changed it or changed the outcome if I just would have done or said something differently, right? And I think a lot of survivors feel that way. But um, the truth is, is all of us, okay, whether you lose someone to suicide, whether you, you know, go through a divorce or whether you have a loss in some way of a relationship will experience failure to agree with the relationship. And it's just part of having a relationship. And I think when you go through the grief process and you lose someone that you really cared about due to suicide, what comes with it for a lot of survivors is this fear of losing other people in their lives, right? And also the fear of developing another relationship that they could potentially lose. It's like we're hyper aware, right? We're hyper aware of the other people that are in our lives and we're hyper aware that they too could slip easily through our fingertips, that they could easily pass away. And I think because we're so hyper aware of it, there's a lot of fear that comes along with that. So survivors tend to be afraid of thriving in their current relationships, right? Because they're afraid that they could easily lose them. And I find that survivors also are afraid of creating new relationships for the same reason. And I find that it's interesting how this happens to us after we experience loss. The second one I want to speak to is the goals that we set for our careers or our education or, you know, the business that we want to run or someday have, right? Or the one that we do currently have, you know, I find that people, especially as survivors of suicide loss, tend to be afraid of pursuing that because they are afraid of a lot of natural emotions that come with pursuing something new. But they also feel a lot of fear uh, of doing this without their loved one around. They feel afraid. They feel like they're not sure if they're worthy of it. They're not sure if they can do it without their loved one, right? Sometimes I find people who have lost a loved one to suicide, especially someone that's like their spouse or, you know, their best friend or their cheerleader, who's always, you know, cheered them on and things. And now all of a sudden they're left to pursue these things on their own. They wonder and are afraid of just doing it themselves. So this definitely comes up. Also, they also feel a lot of guilt. They feel a lot of guilt of pursuing a goal, like a relationship goal, excuse me, like a career goal, because they feel like, wow, why should I be focused on this when someone I love and care about so deeply is gone? So there's a lot of guilt that's associated with pursuing a career or a educational aspiration or something of that sort. They also feel 
very fearful of experiencing the emotions that are going to come along with that, right? Have you ever heard the saying, there's nothing to fear, but fear itself? You know, I, I've heard that a lot where there's nothing to fear, but fear itself. And in some degree, it's true because, you know, a lot of the emotions that we have, if we are accepting that we are just going to experience so many different emotions and no matter what we're going to do, that I feel like it would help us to become like less afraid of going for things, right? Going for the things that we really want, okay? Which kind of leads me to the third thing that I feel like becomes such a missed opportunity for survivors of suicide loss simply because of the fear of getting it wrong. And that is to follow your passions, your dreams, and your desires, right? How many of us are afraid of doing that, right? I know that I've experienced it. And a lot of people, and myself included, really struggle to really narrow down what it is that I truly wanted and truly desired. And I think a lot of survivors feel that because they're so focused on grieving loss. They're so focused on dealing with the aftermath of losing their loved one that they don't leave any room or even a space or even a willingness to give ourselves permission to have a dream, to have a desire, to have a passion. Because again, emotions of guilt come up, emotions of, you know, wondering if they can do it without this person are going to come up, right? But there's also other emotions that are going to come up when anybody goes for a dream or a passion. And I want to talk about these here. The first one is risk right? It's risky. It's risky to go for a dream. It's risky to go for a passion, right? Whether that be a time risk, right? Whether it be a financial risk, maybe it'll be a risk of your reputation, right? I mean, you're putting yourself out there when you're going for something. The next thing that I think also comes up is humiliation and embarrassment, right? When you're going after a goal and following a passion and a dream, you're really risking yourself, right? Because you're putting yourself out there. And so a lot of times people are afraid that if they get it wrong, right, they're going to be embarrassed and they're going to be humiliated, that people are going to start looking down on them, right? I know it's something that's natural for all of us to experience when this is like really real stuff that people feel when they're trying to go for something, right? The next thing is the rejection, right? They're afraid that whatever it is that they're going for is going to be rejected, right? This is a very, very real emotion that people will go for that they will, that will prevent them, right? From going for whatever it is that they want. Okay. So those are the three most common things that I see. And so you might be asking yourself, okay, so 
what is it that I can do about all of this, right? Because it just seems like all of those things are going to be really hard to overcome. And so I want to address that here. So what I really want to say about all of this is that in order for us to progress, in order for us to get what we want and to do what we want and to go after those opportunities, we have to be willing to experience the struggle. Okay. We have to be willing to experience those negative emotions. Right. And I think so many of us feel like we just have to get an A plus, right? We have to get an A, right? We have to have the first success because we want to avoid emotions. We don't want to be embarrassed. We don't want to be rejected. We don't want to go through those types of emotions. We don't want to go through risk. We don't want to put money on the line. We don't want to put our reputation on the line, right? And I think that once you realize that your unwillingness to go through those struggles are the only thing that is going to stop you from achieving your goal and to achieving what you really want, whether that be a career you've always dreamed of or an educational aspiration or that business you want to open up or whatever it is, right? If you're just willing to allow yourself to experience the negative emotions to come with it, you're going to be willing to do that more. Look at the team, right? From SpaceX. And while they put probably countless hours in designing this rocket, they put up a lot of blood, sweat, tears, a lot of testing, a lot of money, right? I mean, two to three billion dollars, right? Yet they still are carrying on. They're still going to try and test another one. They're going to keep going. They're going to keep doing it. And why? Have you ever thought about why they're willing to do that? It's because of the reward. It's the reward that you're going to achieve from it. It's the end result. It's so amazing to me how many of us are willing to pass up an opportunity of an incredible result simply because we're afraid to experience negative emotions. I know I have. I know so many people have. So many people have avoided something that could be potentially incredible in their lives simply because they're not willing to feel those negative emotions. Is that you, my friend? I'm telling you. And the thing is, and let me just say this before I end this podcast. The thing is, is while you're avoiding experiencing that negative emotion, you're still experiencing negative emotion. Do you hear me? You're still experiencing negative emotion because you are not going after what you truly desire. You're not going after your goals. You're not going after that new relationship. You're not, you know, finding a new partner in life. You're not willing to 
have a child, you're not willing to do whatever it is, okay, whatever it is for you, you're still going to feel negative emotion because you're going to always feel like you're missing out. You're going to always be wishing that you could go after what you truly want. You're going to settle for mediocrity. You're going to be settling for something that's just normal, right? And there's some negative emotion that's involved with that because you're going to always be left wondering if you could have had that relationship, if you could have had that career, if you could have gotten that degree, if you could have, you know, traveled the world, if you could have had whatever it is your heart desires, right? So it's up to you which negative emotions you're willing to experience. But I highly recommend going after that goal because let's face it, if you're going to experience negative emotions anyway, you may as well achieve your goal while experiencing them. And hey, if you get it wrong, totally fine. Because as we can tell here that getting it wrong is really getting it right. Because eventually you will get it right if you just keep trying. Okay, my friends. So that's it for today. Hey, so I wanted to give you a reminder that my first free live class on how to feel better is going to be live on May 3rd at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, which is a Wednesday. And I am going to put the registration link in the show notes here so that you can register for it. And I really hope to see you there because let's face it, I think all of us can learn to feel a little bit better. And in this class, I'm going to teach you the steps in order to do that. So I hope to see you there. And until then, have a great week. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Survived to Thrive podcast. If you like this podcast, please share with your friends and write a review on iTunes. Also, check out survived-to-thrive.com for more information and to subscribe to get the podcast's latest episode, along with useful tips you can begin to use immediately to feel better, directly sent to your inbox.